Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Well, after months of、uh, discussion and debate, the world seems to have agreed on a corporate minimum tax rate. The two pillar solution will ensure that multinationals around the world will be subject to a minimum tax rate of about 15%. Of course, there are still a handful of questions. What will this actually mean for businesses? And some have also asked, is 15% actually enough? To find out more and what it might actually mean for Singapore, we're joined now by Mr. David Sanderson, Singapore's practice leader and head of tax in Singapore for Grant Thornton. He's here to To help us understand what this will, what implications might be for Singapore. Mr. Sanderson, thank you so much for joining us today. Good afternoon, sir. Hi there. How are you doing?、Uh, quite well, sir.、Uh, but we do want to talk about this corporate minimum tax rate and what it actually might mean for Singapore and the many multinationals that call this, uh, uh, this country、uh, their regional headquarters.、Um, first off, how do the reallocation rules impact a developed low tax jurisdiction like Singapore,、um, especially this 15% minimum global corporate tax that, they, that countries are trying to implement? Yeah, okay. Well, I think.、Um Probably need to take a step back from this to,、um, to untangle some of the, the concepts that are around it.、Sure. Um, the, 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 the BEPS initiative, Base Erosion and Profit Shifting Initiative, which is aimed at preventing companies from artificially allocating profits to tax havens, etc., etc.,、um, has come up lately with the two pillar、uh, solution. The first pillar is Around this reallocation that you mentioned. And what that is really about is changing, I suppose, what, we, what we've always grown up with as being the basic principle of taxation, which is that countries or, or companies are taxed by reference to where they are carrying on their business. Now, pillar one of the BEPS initiative. Is going to say, well, we're changing that. What we're going to do is say, well, instead of just taxing you by reference to where you're carrying on your business, we're now going to tax a part of your profits by reference to where your customers are.、Hmm. And we're going to allocate some of those profits to those customer jurisdictions. That is separate from the global minimum tax, which has a different, a different thrust. And what that's aimed at is making sure. That countries around the world、um, are, are collecting a minimum of 15% tax on their corporate profits, such that if you happen to be operating in inverted commas in a tax haven,、um, you're still going to end up paying 15% tax back in your home jurisdiction. So I think it's important to get that, that distinction between the two, the, the two pieces because each one of those will have a different impact. Singapore. Absolutely. Now, of course, the big question here, Mr. Sanderson, is how might this impact Singapore in terms of changing the rules here? And also, I mean, how can the Singapore government perhaps protect their slice of the pie and make sure that we can keep,、uh, you know, we can stay competitive despite this leveling of the global minimum、mm-hmm. tax rate for corporations? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think,、uh, again, putting it putting in context, the, the, the pillar one piece, which is the reallocation of, of profits. To your markets rather than to where you're carrying on business, only initially is going to affect probably the top 100 countries,、uh, sorry, companies in the world. And those are guys with revenues of over 20 billion euros. Now, if you look at our homegrown 
businesses, the banks probably top the charts with that, and they're probably looking at global revenues of only 10 billion um, US dollars. So, so those guys are out of the frame. And anyway, there is a carve out for financial services. So you could almost mm-hmm. say that pillar one is out of the frame. Pillar two um, has a lower entry threshold, 750 million euros of global revenues. And I understand that there could be something like 1,800 companies in Singapore already operating here that could be uh, affected by the, um, the global minimum tax. And the way the global minimum tax works is to say, well, if in Singapore we tax you at 0% because we've given you one of the tax incentives, <clears throat> then our home country is going to pick up the difference up to 15%. So, interestingly, what that could do is compel Singapore to withdraw those incentives and tax these companies at at least 15%, because what it means is that Singapore gets the tax revenues rather than than the home jurisdiction. So, in, in terms of affecting Singapore's tax base and its slice of the pie, the minimum tax actually may not be such a bad thing. Of course, what it does then do is raise the question of, well, we used to come to Singapore because they gave us a zero tax percent rate. Is that, you know, really why people came to Singapore in the first place? And I think where this discussion is going to lead is to a much broader one about what has Singapore got to offer outside outside of the tax uh, regime that makes it attractive for businesses to come up and and set up their businesses and their their regional headquarters, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, in Singapore. So it's going to be much more a battle about non-tax issues going forward because if you think about it, the the playing field is going to be levelled for all countries that were giving tax incentives. They're going to be in the same boat. So you're going to be taken back to what really brings you to these countries to set up business. And I still believe that Singapore is in a very good position to attract international business. But I think that's the big uh, concern right now, uh, Mr. Sanderson, because the, one of the big advantages of basing your regional HQ in Singapore is because of these very competitive tax rates. How can Singapore remain competitive and continue to attract multinationals to the country? And is there a risk that we should be worried about of MNEs or multinationals perhaps leaving because of the leveling of these taxes? Well, as I said, um, you know, this this is a global minimum tax. It's not just one that affects Singapore. So if I say, well, I'm not going to go to Singapore because there isn't a zero tax percent rate, they go to another country who similarly has been pressurized into, ra- into raising their own taxes and dispensing with their own tax incentives, which is why I'm saying that that the tax question is probably going to be taken or is, it, 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 to a degree is going to be taken out of the equation in deciding where you're going to set up business. And of course, you know, Singapore is incredibly well positioned for many, many reasons, which, you know, we've, we've all trotted out over, over the years and, and they remain perfectly valid. Um, so Singapore's got to start concentrating on 
on those things and showing why they are better for non tax reasons uh, than than the other jurisdictions. Absolutely, uh, because it's a, it's the same it's the same for everyone. It's, it's a level it's a level playing field. So it's not as if Singapore is just being disadvantaged in isolation. Fair, fair, fair point there. And just very quickly, Mr. Sanderson, you know, the timeline is for this to be implemented by 2023. As we know, with these big multinational movements, they do take a lot of time to roll out and implement. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of snags. Is 2023 a feasible one for governments and businesses, not just for Singapore, but all the other countries as part of this tax treaty? Um, well, if you, if you want my own personal opinion, and this isn't going to be uh, <laughs> divulged to anyone else, uh, no. Hmm. Um, when you know, when you think of all the pieces to this jigsaw that you have to put in place, the number of participants, there are 136 different countries that are seemingly signed up to this. Each of those have different tax systems. Each of those have different legal systems through which you have to pass these things into law. They have different political opposition. They, you know, they have uh, they have different accounting systems. They have different this. They have different that. There are carve-outs that need to be done. As I mentioned, things like financial services. How do you define those? Are you in? Are you out? What if my revenues are 750 million this year, but they're 650 million? next year am i in am i out so many many things that need to be sorted out that i think it is a very ambitious target to say that by 2023 this is going to really be in place and uh, perhaps some miles to go before we actually get to that particular point david sanderson yes, singapore practice leader and head of tax here for grand thorne thank you so much for joining us today on money fm 89.3 always a pleasure sir. do stay safe and we look forward yeah, to next time you can join us on the show Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.